You're listening to the Brown Trout and Bridge Beers Podcast. It is uh, Friday night. It's uh, episode 10 of Brown Trout and Bridge Beers. Um, you might hear a little ambient noise in the back. We're actually doing a stream side recording. First time ever. First time ever. Popping cherries left and right. Popping cherries, popping hams. Uh, we just got done eating some hot dogs, some good steak bites. And we've got a special guest today. Yeah, we have the one and only Casey Holly. Uh, some of you who drink beer in the Twin Cities might know him. Uh, he washes kegs at Able Brewery. And uh, toilets. And toilets. So you want to... It's my job. Hopefully he does the toilets after the kegs. Yeah, preferably. Know. But uh, no, we have Casey. He's a beer-making, fly-fishing, all-around pretty good dude. Yeah, pretty average dude. Pretty better than <laughs> average. You you work at a beer making place i do and thank you for having me here hey thanks for i coming. appreciate it thanks for bringing the steak bites those were uh those are pretty tasty yeah, they're right. a little, little change from our normal hot dogs on a grill so yeah so i, I don't know if people want to know about the fly fishing first or the beer well let's start with a little bit of the background of you know who are you where you come from you know what brought you to stand on the side of the river with us today there's a lot of ways I could take that. <laughs> um, I was I was born and raised here. How far back do you want me to go? You far, can give us like when the I was seven years old. Version. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I was born and raised here in Minneapolis. Um, went to school, bounced around down south, Texas. Um, came back to Minneapolis, got married, moved around again, back to Texas, over to California. And then eventually made our way back with the family um, to Minneapolis and, you know, decided to raise our family here and uh, build business here um, and try to make a go of it here in the Twin Cities. Awesome. Um, and also try to catch fish nearby, too, which is there's a lot of that. And speaking of ambient noises, we've got a really nice, what looks like uh, GMC GMC pickup truck coming by us on the road right now. So pause for that. Oh, GMC Sierra. Nice. You just nice. added that out, right? It's a nice truck. So how did you uh, come to making beer? How'd that come about? When you said you came I to the cities to start a business. and I spent a lot of time working... Uh, for a couple startups in the technology space, actually. And um, I realized that I really love the startup part of that, where you were creating and building and in the trenches and pulling up the bootstraps and like trying to get it done. Yep. But fast forward 10 years, living in a cube farm was far <laughs> less interesting to me. Fair. Um, and then I always had sort of an interest in, you know, I've been drinking beer for a long time. And I didn't see myself not yeah. <laughs> drinking beer. 
but I always had an interest in beer, wine, food, that sort of whole spectrum of the world. Um, and just kind of tried to find a way to make that happen for ourselves, remove myself from a cube farm and get back to building and creating, which is something that I feel that I'm, I really enjoy doing. Um, and beer seemed to be a, a really great um, vessel for that sort of creative expression and sort of um, building. So was this, was this one of those, hey, I'm sitting around a campfire or sitting at the bar with four buddies and we're sitting there drinking some swole, like some hams or something <laughs> like that. And we're like, ah, we need to figure something out. It I was think. Mickey's actually. Oh, it was oh, Mickey's. Right. <laughs> you guys are trying it, to solve not, the riddles. It's not far off from that. It's actually one of the, one of my very best friends who I started the company with is a dude that I fly fished with for the last 20 years. And we definitely had many streamside conversations, campfire conversations, but it was really that time in Northern California in the Central Valley where I was very closely um, exposed to a product. And then where we were in California was wine grapes um, in a community that supported that. And I just said, man, that'd be so cool if we could do something like that back home, knowing that we're coming back home to Minneapolis. Well, what are we great at back home? And it was, you know, so clearly... We're in the grain belt, Minnesota small grains um, and craft beer. So it really crystallized um, in my time in California. And then a lot of conversations with my buddy on the side of a river camping and fly fishing being like, can we do this? <laughs> is this is this a bad idea? And, and you guys, how do we do it? And you guys are able, you source locally, isn't that yep. correct? So that was a big part of it was, again, be, being massively inspired by Northern California to go, all right, well, they source every kind of grape right here in Lodi, California, the Central Valley, and they're producing really great product. And um, so we just kind of took that same concept and said, well, can we source small grains here? Rye, wheat, barley. Um, and so when I moved back, we just started having conversations with small farmers and said, can we buy grain from you? And then we had to figure out how to process it in-house. That's kind of a, a different more technical, boring part of the conversation, but can we take grain out of the field? Can we process it in-house and can we make beer with it? Those are really the three questions that we asked before we um, started the business. Did you have a, uh, a specific niche, you know, Northeast Minneapolis, you know, from, from when I started living there, it was, who's going to make the hoppiest IPA? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's kind of how it started from what I remember it starting from. Well, still you guys, there. Oh, definitely still there. But did you guys have like a a vision of the type of beer you want to go through? Or did that come from where you're able to source your grains from? I think maybe a little bit of both. We knew that we wanted the, the small grains to be a component of it. It wasn't the story, but it was a part of it. Mm-hmm. And that's the able seed house. Yeah, that's the seed house name, part right? of it was to say, all right, well, here's the thing that we value. Um an agricultural product, the farmers that grow it, that work way harder than we do it, trying to build their, their businesses and their farms and their lives. Right. Can we take that and make something with it? And that sort of drove it, but there's the other side that said, well, but this is kind of what the market wants and it's super hoppy. And so we took, you know, we always talk about being balanced in our beers and a lot of our beers are honestly three and a half percent to 6%. And so we wanted clean round balanced beers that had a, a, a distinct malt profile, um, but the hops were kind of exciting too. Uh, but that you could drink like nine of if you had to. Right? Yeah. Once. If, you yeah. had, if you have to. <laughs> yeah. Like th- this beer is four and a half percent. And 4. what are you 2. drinking? This there? is better cells. It's an IPA. So it's like a 4.2% uh, 
um, cloudy IPA that you can drink a couple and, you know, feel okay. Still yeah. go about your day. Yeah. Yeah. Good fishing beers. It is. We're going to try and see if it's a good fishing yeah, beer. Yeah, we'll see. We'll, we'll see if it works. We've got a 100-pound Yeti cooler that we're going to take with us. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. It's Casey, full of beer. Casey offered to carry the beer all night long. Yep. Yep. I'll hump it. You guys catch fish. You know, we could get one of those mini drift boats. Put the yeah. cooler in that, and then just kind of well, let they, that follow. You guys brought your tubes, something. right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course. We should have taken the tubes off those kids that were swimming earlier. They yeah. probably had some tubes exactly. in that, in that quad that they came in on. But so uh, enough with the the beer for now. What about fishing? How long have you been fly fishing? Well, I've been. So my dad, we were talking about doing trips out west, right? Yep. When we were kids and. That's the thing that your kids are super excited about. That was the thing I was excited about growing up. My dad always did a road trip out west. And I grew up spin fishing here for walleyes like every other normal Minnesotan kid. And But those trips out west, we, I kind of dabbled a little bit in fly fishing. But it wasn't really until uh, I was about to get married. And my wife gave me a fly rod for our wedding. And that was she must really love 17, you. She's, she's like, yeah. Before you get, get out, <laughs> take this and leave. Uh, but that was, that was the thing where at the time I was six or seventh year senior at St. Thomas and she gave Super me the senior. I was mega, <laughs> mega senior. And she gave me the fly rod. And um, that was kind of like the thing where I, Back then, I was trying to pretend like I golfed, and I just shit canned the golf clubs and just left that in the back of the car. That's a good and idea. And came over here literally almost every day that I had class in St. Paul at St. Thomas um, and just started fishing. So that was 17, 18 years ago now. Um, and as I mentioned, my my very good friend who's a partner in the in the brewery, John Maury, um, kind of ushered me along and held my hand and showed me, kind of pointed me in the right direction. Yeah. And then we've fished all over the country together and awesome. a couple other dudes. So we've been going at it pretty hard here in the Driftless and, and around Minnesota, Wisconsin for, you know, it's almost, almost know, 20 years. It's always good to know a fishy dude yeah, you know, who kind of take you under their wing and show you. I needed that too. I'm still learning stuff from him. Oh, well, I, th I think that's a constant, you know, it's, you can never stop learning I figured out in this game, at least it's, you're always learning new, new setups, new rigs, or just how to keep your damn fly out of the tree. That's yeah. kind of something that I was <laughs> learning. I, I thought yeah. that's what you're supposed to do. Put the fly in the tree. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're supposed make that to be in the water. Yeah. yeah. They and, make uh, that new product that you can put on the end of your rod to yeah. get your, get your flies. Out think, the really? Tree. Oh yeah. Absolutely. I, I what is this? A long stick? No, it's a little hook thing that you yep. put at the end of your rod which seems like so a like the idea. rod the rod manufacturers are in on this too <laughs> yeah, they wanna, yeah they are. You, know, you break your tip off and then yeah let's jam my 800 rod up into a tree just the really sensitive to get a to get a two dollar and fifty cent fly out right yeah no need for that thing. save the buggers you gotta save the buggers but uh, i might do it for a girdle bug but no <laughs> other fly that's that's the go-to so you've been fishing for 17 18 years um is there any place that you like fishing more than than anywhere else? You say you, well, this still you hit the the country yeah. pretty hard. I mean, I definitely have my favorites. This feels like home. Like this tonight, and it's impossible to convey over the the podcast. I'm sure, but 
the sound, the smell, the temperature, the humidity, like all those things, like this feels so familiar to me. Yeah. And I love this the most. So I love any, any opportunity to come down and do this. Um, so this is it for me. But having said that, I got favorites yeah. elsewhere. I feel like I have some home away from home waters. The Truckee River in California was like, man, I grinded out on the Truckee when I was living there and really tried to figure out that river. It's a really tough river, but there's huge brown trout in it. If you can figure it out, um, the Eagle river in Colorado, you know, we went out there every year for 18 years in a row and everybody drives by that river to go fish the frying pan or the Colorado or some other more famous river, but it's, Oh, yeah. cool. For those of you who can't see this, we have two deer crossing the road right now. Yep. Couple 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 local listeners we're filming this right oh yeah, yeah. totally cool. you get my it? eyes right <laughs> snapped it so the the eagle river has a very special place in my heart because people drive by that river and it's full of trout eating caddis dry flies and that's pretty much it and then i got to do that smith river trip with my son and my cousin and his kid a, a couple of years ago and that's a trip that i put in for five, six, seven years in a row and never got drawn and finally got drawn and said, all right, we're doing it. Yeah. You get pulled, we're going. Yeah. That's so, a roll of the dice because I know people who get, who put in, put in, put in, and then finally they get drawn and then water levels are too low and they close it, you know? And yeah. it's like, well, you're, yeah, it's a short window too. Yeah, like it's, it's not, either going to be high and a little dirty or you're going to be dragging your boat yep. over low water. Anytime you get a chance to go, you should do it, whether it's high or low, just to is see that, that place. Is that a point system, too, or you just keep accumulating points, no, kind of like tags? I think it's straight lottery. Okay, it's straight lottery. Okay. That's a really neat place. And there's a, there's a few places like that that I'd like to get to, but fortunate to go there and do that trip, too, so... So but yeah, I fished a bunch of cool water. Yeah. Nothing out east, but everything from, like, Minnesota to the west. Yeah. All the way to California. Another question I, I usually ask people is, of all the fish you caught, is there one that sticks out in your, your mind as, like, the fish that you'll always remember till the day that you die? Yes. Yeah, you're shaking your head. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's one. Uh, I mentioned the Truckee. That was when we were living in Lodi. It was about maybe two hours to Truckee and, um, up and over on the other side of the Sierra is Reno, Nevada. And I used to, when I was trying to figure out how to do brewing and malting and, and all that shit, I used to drive up and over the Sierras and meet with a small maltster who lived in Reno and was malting and providing his malt to small brewers. And so I would go meet with him, but I would take that time to fish the Truckee along the way. And that river's really hard. It's hard to read. Um, there's big fish. It's not a lot of fish, but there's a bunch of big fish. Right. And um, it can really kick your ass. And you can go a long time without catching a fish there. Um, and so one of those trips up and over the Sierras, I stopped just outside of Truckee, just on the border of, of Reno, the spot that I love. There's risers there right now. Sorry. Um, and I oh, had yeah. this big... Actually, you can see in the back of my truck, there's this big green articulated streamer. And I was up high in the bank and I was just dead drifting it over this boulder field and this giant fucking brown trout came up and very slow, deliberate take. I mean, I was sort of panicking as it was yeah. happening because I could see him right on top of him very clearly. And he ate, um, landed it, snapped a quick picture, let it go, hung that streamer right there eight years ago. It's been hanging there ever since. Uh, and that is for sure one of the coolest 
brown trout I've ever caught. It was a, awesome. a big old, big old brown on a streamer in the truck. He was pretty, pretty special. That river can kick your ass. I've heard stories. A lot of those rivers out west can kick your ass. I mean, I this uh, past fall was my first time fishing the properly fishing the Madison, and you know it's it's a boulder minefield. Um, yeah, just this constant like, do I have a sure footing? Am I going to wipe out? The water's moving fast, and where the fish hide out at in that river is phenomenal. I mean. Water's moving so fast, but all of a sudden you'll just start pulling big rainbows, big browns out of there and stuff that you're like, how does it even sit there and hang out? And how do you know where they even, like, how do you even find them? You're just working all the water. And- yeah. You just, you know, we were walking up and down, up and down the shores, just finding, finding those kind of pockets behind the big rocks. And you're not fishing more than 15 feet off the bank the entire way up and down. Yeah. And they're just sitting yeah. there. You know, every now and then we'd throw a little further in and you might pull one out of that faster water, the bigger rapids. But yeah, it's just that boulder minefields that are 15 feet off the bank. That's where they're yeah, all the, sitting in. Oh, the times so that cool. I've taken people from the Midwest who've only fished Minnesota, Wisconsin, out west, you can just see their eyes. As soon as they see some of them rivers, they just get, they're like, ah, I don't know what to do. <laughs> Where it's, do we hard to, it's hard to yeah, figure yeah. out how to read that. that kind of water and i just tell people i'm like you know this is no different than the kinney connect it's just this is five kinney connects wide just break it down into 20 feet you know just only look at 20 feet out from shore and that's what you're fishing well i agree with you and i i always think too like if you can figure out how to catch fish on these spring creeks and the driftless you have no problem out west. Yeah. The yes. only problem is trying to figure out how to read that water, exactly what you're saying, yep. and trying to pick it apart. You just kind of compartmentalize it a little bit. Yep. 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 Yeah. So the business is good. Obviously, I've drank my fair share of yeah. beer. Yeah. Um, and you got a barbecue place. How'd you get hooked up with those People guys? are drinking beer, and now they're eating barbecue and drinking beer. We try to just, like... I just wanted to be involved with businesses that, um, just things that I really love. Like, yeah, you know, we kind of joke, like we're not saving the whales. We're just making beer (laughs) and barbecue and trying to keep it really simple. And what's the name Um, of the barbecue? Animales, Animales barbecue company. We opened a year ago at Abel and we'd been trying for a long time. You know, the food truck game is is tough. like trying to book food trucks for a tap room is right. really, really tough. It's kind of a shitty job. Um, there's a lot of them. There's, it's a lot of work to coordinate. And, uh, we thought, man, if we could work with a really great local chef, um, and try to build out a concept that was sort of our own that could just live there forever. Well, we sure would like to try to do that. And at that time we were, we were hanging out and visiting with a, a local chef, John Whitley, who has helped open bachelor farmer and, um, was just super hyped on barbecue and, uh, we kind of like put our hands in and said, let's go, let's try to do this thing. So awesome. Yeah. I've, I've had a sampling of their food and I mean, them beef ribs they make. Holy cow. <laughs> yeah. Those are good. I, yeah, I, yeah. Yeah. Those are, those are honest. I've, I've been a Midwest barbecue kind of sewer. I haven't done the whole Texas or, you know, um, Southern part of the States at all, but that is by far some of the best barbecue I've ever eaten. Yeah. Easily I, in the oh, that's so nice definitely to hear. easily in the Twin Cities. Yeah, I mean, I've, that's, had, I've had that's barbecue awesome in, in Texas, Dallas, and Fort Worth. 
and barbecue in Memphis. And yeah, it's, it's, it's up there, man. I mean, it's, well, we did feel that there is an opportunity to deliver a product like that here and to be able to do it at the brewery where people were already kind of showing up to felt like the right move to try it. Um, but to, to have a really high standard of quality barbecue is something that was really important. It's a deeply personal food style to me and to the partners. And so it was really, really exciting to be able to, to build that out together. High five. High five. Very nice. Bugs are coming. Yeah, we I thought he was asking for a beer. I was asking for a beer. Uh, <laughs> but we don't get the bugs when we're, you know, podcasting indoors. This is a whole different factor of the podcast. So I'm not even feeling them. I think they don't like this. The microphone. They don't like the maybe. mic. Yeah. Maybe there. it's putting out some frequency. They don't like your uh, fancy, fancy beer. Not that fancy able beer. Well, I was going to say, I mean, I love like one of my favorite um breweries to go to for sure is able uh it's a great great tap room and turns out the beer is actually good oh thank you yeah so i mean i've i used to live like right down madison oh um, you did first oh you were in the hood i was right in the hood oh right on i moved out right before you guys came in yeah uh so when i was there there's like three breweries in their neighborhood but i mean abel's actually a place to like seek out and be like Oh, it's good beer. Like yeah. it's good I like beer to drink it, it's, it's and I don't really feel cool like shit place. afterwards. I mean, just yeah, that's awesome. with the big garage door, and um, I will say, after a few of your beers, that wall with all the cutouts on it—it it moves. Gets, it does. It does. <laughs> you notice it gets that? A little yeah, trippy, it does. And I have to look away. <laughs> it's that. No, it's that train syndrome. I don't like know. what's actually moving? Is it? You're yeah. right. It does. It do, does. Like I can't. Yeah. I can't sit on that side staring at it during no, the day because I've noticed it's got move. That was not intentional, <laughs> um, but it does have some movement, yeah. especially after some beers. Yep, it does. I, I Well, that's nice to hear. We feel pretty lucky being in Northeast Minneapolis and, yeah, you guys and have doing it there location. with a bunch of other people that were already there before us. It kind of paved the way and and have been really helpful in showing us how to do it there and, and, tr- and then also trying to add to the neighborhood instead of just participating into it can yeah, we be right. additive to um was you know us trying to find our sweet spot in that neighborhood was and i think you guys i mean definitely found it um you know like matt said it's a great spot to go hang out like if you want to go hang out bring your kids i bring my dog there all the time yeah we, hang out. we brought um, our kids there since they were little yeah man and i have kids and dogs and that was that was a hard stop they're coming yeah we will allow them there game, there's games, there's your outside patio is nice. So there's a big garage door. And I think you guys have that thing open from like March through November. <laughs> Any day we can keep it yeah. open. I want it open. It's uh it's it's just a really cool place. And that's that's something my wife has even said is, you know, I like going there because it's it's a good space. It's a yeah, good family it's a awesome. good family space. And like we talked about before, there's actually proper parking. You're not right. yes. driving around the block thirty times, like yep. am I gonna find a parking spot? Am I gonna get towed here? No, there's a giant parking lot where you're gonna and feel safe huge. with your car there. Yeah. yeah. Um yeah, it's just a really nice we got like nice spot. Yeah. Um, in Northeast. And if Animales isn't cooking, there's Uncle Frankie's dog shop right across Uncle the street. Uncle Frankie's, and then we got the Minnesota ice cream is right yep. next door. So yep. on our patio, glitter ice beer, cream. barbecue, and ice cream with glitter, <laughs> and sometimes cookie dough and all kinds of crazy stuff. But it's nice to have that because you can the kids can go get ice cream and 
you can get beers and barbecue with your family. So, yeah, I got to jump back. I got a question. You said, yes. uh, your wife now bought you your first fly rod setup. Yes. What was it? Uh, it wasn't awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I do have it. Awesome. It might, it might even have my name on it. Um, it's a Tenkara. Have you heard of Tenkara? I did. That's like the. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It was. Uh, <laughs> it was Tenkarfa. I heard of Tenkarfa. <laughs> it's pretty cool. It's a six foot Tenkara. Uh, no, she, it was a. Uh, her father was a fly fisherman. Still is. They fly fish nonstop, and he had a rod builder in Iowa. They're from Iowa, and so this guy, this old timer, built this fly rod for me as kind of like a, you know, presentation gift yeah. of a fly yeah. rod. And I beat it up and I use it a bunch, but it's kind of a broomstick. Um, so I bought a, a Sage XP as fast as I could, you know, save my dollars. And that was the next route. So I've been fishing that, that four weight XP for, uh, not to disparage that. It's a beautiful gift right. and yep, yep. it pushed me to this place of this thing that I realized that I really love, um, for many reasons. And I'm eternally grateful and thankful for that opportunity i just don't fish with it anymore right um it's a good I, conversation piece at this point yeah i yeah. should probably hang it up on the wall or something yeah that'd be good i should dig it out of the basement and i would like to say this to anybody who's just getting into fly fishing if if you have that first fly rod you ever ever were given or purchased or anything don't ever sell that rod yeah. because it's going to oh, come yeah. down to 20 years later you're gonna be like why did i get rid of it put it on a wall, save it. It it's, it's something that, you know, got you into the sport and you're going to look back and be like, that's where I started at. And yeah. it could be a really nice rod and it could be something you got from Kmart, you know, yeah. just, just hold on to that rod. Cause that is, that is a timeless piece that you will cherish for the rest of your life. hundred percent. Yep. But I don't think anybody starts with the perfect fly rod for themselves. No. It's this is cheap or someone gave it to me or this fits a budget or someone told me to buy this thing. Yep. But it's like, you know, everybody's got a different swing and there's not one rod that fits all. And so you got to go find your way. You got to work your way around the horn and kind of yep. come back. Like I fish every damn rod there is from, you know, just some shitty, the broomstick to a $800 rod and then realize that my sweet spot is a... $200 St. Croix Imperial. Right. That's all I need. That's, that's a great, that was my first rod I ever purchased for myself was in a five weight Imperial. It's the best, best rod. I, I still have. Are they a sponsor yet? <laughs> Hopefully they should. Get them on. Where's the mountains? St. Croix that we, that we throw, we'll be throwing St. Croix bank robbers tonight. Yeah. But, they, but it took me 10 years to figure that out. Like you got to try them all. Right. Yeah. And, and I've fished, you know, everything from Sages to Winston's to St. Croix. I started out with a Cortland, you mm -hmm. know, and <laughs> it's, yeah, you just, you got to try them and see which ones you like. Yeah. Well, and the you big know. part of it too is I remember my, my dad was asking me, it was like last year and he got this bug up his ass. He's like, I want to try fly fishing. I was like, all right, well, he goes online. He's like, I'm going to get this rod. I was like, have you cast it yet? He's like, no, but you know, I read some reviews online. I was like, stop. Yeah, you cannot buy a rod you, online there, unless, unless you know what you're doing. Unless yeah. you've your first rod, it before. Your unless first you fish them all, come from right. a shop. Well, yeah. and that's what I was going to say is there are so many shops that, especially the small shops, and we've got some really nice small shops in the Twin Cities. Go into them, 
talk to one of the guys behind the counter and they're going to more than happy set up a rod for you to go cast in the parking lot. Yeah. Cause like you said, everybody's got a different swing. Yeah. You might be a fast caster. You might have a shitty cast like I do. There and are if, rods that help with that. And you're going to find that sweet ground. That and you if can the get shop in. won't let you cast the rod out in the parking lot, leave. It's time to go. walk away. Go yeah. somewhere else. There's another shop that will be glad to help. Yeah, oh, yeah. exactly. Exactly. They're trying to sell fly rods. Too. Yeah. Well, I hope they so. should help. I hope so. Yep. I mean, Mike at Men sold me a $800 fly rod because he handed me his three weight WT fly rod. And I went out in the street and cast it for five minutes. And I'm like, I got to have this. I mean, it, and it's, I need it's, it. it's an old rod that they stopped making, but they'll make it for like special orders. And so I had them, you know, custom make this rod for me. And the thing is horrible. It is absolutely <laughs> <Not> really? worthless. <laughs> I mean, the three weight you can cast like it'd be good for trichos, and that's about it. Yeah. Trichos at five feet away from you. I Did mean, you put it on eBay? No, I still have it. It's in my truck right now. But <laughs> we'll finish it tonight. Yeah, it's 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 not very practical for. But you know, you just you get to a point where you got to have it. You yeah. Know? And 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 that was the selling. That was, you know, Mike at Men said here, cast this rod. You know, because I had mentioned to him, you know, back years and years and years ago, I cast a five weight WT Winston and I'm like, I, I fell in love with Winston's, but I couldn't afford them at the time. Yeah. You know, and now I'm at a point where I can barely afford them. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I, I cast that rod and I'm like, this is awesome. This is what I want. And then I got it and fished it. And, you know, it's it is what it is. But yeah. It's it's fun to take out once in a while. I think we've all done that. Yeah, you're not. Gonna, oh yeah, you're bought gonna, the wrong thing. You're not going to throw a double nymph rig, you know, thirty feet out there with a giant strike indicator. Yeah, but it's really good for dry flies. Right. So if you know if you know a hatch is coming off, it's it's a it's a very specific tool. Well, yeah. and we were talking earlier. You were asking how Matt and I started fishing, and it was a while back. It was a winter fishing trip, and we're sitting there, and I had my St. Croix five weight Imperial, and that's what I fished with. And Matt's got his Winston four weight B3X. He's like, Here, try, oh, yeah. try casting this. I was like, No, I don't nope. want to do it. And then it was later in the day, and I don't know, he was pulling fish left and right out of this hole on a nymph rig, and I just couldn't cast to it. I don't know. It, it was probably just my cast, but he like handed me the rod, and I cast it once. I'm like, Fuck. <laughs> I was like, Now I need yep. one of these. Ashley, plug your ears. Yep. Sorry, Ash. <laughs> Yeah, he's spending your money for you. Yeah, his, yeah, he did. And then a couple know, times over, yeah. couple times. Yeah, I called Mike and I'm like, "Hey, Mike, uh, I need you to order me a rod." <laughs> he's like, "You cast Matt's rod, didn't you?" I was like, "Sure, did." He's like, "That was a bad idea." I was like, "Yes, sir." Sweet rod. It is sweet rod. Um, that, that, but you find you find that you find the rod that works for your cast. Yeah. And, um, you know that's that's what I was trying to get to is go go to a local shop. I don't care what local shop you go to. Um. Just don't go to Cabela's. That's all I ask. Well, yeah. We have some good local shops. We, we got, got some. Great they're local they're great shops. people. Everyone we've been talking about. They're great yep. people. You got. They care a whole lot. Yeah. You got the Fly Angler. You got Bob Mitchell's Fly Shop, and you got Mem Provisions, and that covers a pretty wide span of metro area. Yeah. There's there's a couple other ones, a new one, but you don't need to go to that one. Oh, that one? That's <laughs> that small company. That's small yeah. company. You don't have to go to the small company in St. Louis Park. 
Uh, you can stay, you can, you can stay away from that that if you want to. Yeah. Um, They used to sell ice cream cones there. (laughs) Now they They might still sell ice cream. Now they sell dog beds. Yeah. Dog beds. Very dog beds and jackets with leather patches on the open. Yeah. If you need like a leather satchel or something, you you can find one. Or some really nice fishing shirts, you know, with the, with the rod holder built into the chest. You can get that there too. But, uh. Just to keep it close. Yeah. It doesn't fall over in the stream. You know, all this, this fishing talk, it is Friday evening. There's a big jump. Another riser. Another nice riser. Casey, what are we doing tonight? I hope we're going to go mousing. Yeah. Yeah. For Uh, what? What are we going to catch? Hopefully big, the big two footers. Big two foot round. Oh, that's a, hey, if we're going for two footers, I'm in for that. That'll be a good, good I'm time. sure there's a, I think there's we're going to hump it down deep. a little ways and, and drag some mice and maybe a streamer through yeah. the water and see what happens. We know they're in there. We can see them and hear them. And uh, apparently you guys have caught some before here. Um, no, we have never caught nope. fish mousing at night. Never. This is never. the very secret spot yeah. here, too. Yeah. Super no secret spot. Uh, we're in the we're in the Upper Mississippi near Elk River. <laughs> yeah. um, the the tarpon are rising; they're podding up. Yeah. Uh, so we're gonna see what's I thought gonna happen. They're shad, but no, oh, it's they're tarpon. Shad? Yeah, it's a big tarpon. So you know, you've done this night game once or twice before. What is your what's your ideal setup going out night fishing? I'm just gonna take the big six weight, and uh, I actually thought I'd let you guys throw the mice, and I can pitch. A little bugger streamer thing that I have. Nice. But I'm kind of tempted to drag a mouse because it's been a little bit since I've done that too. And that would be really kind of fun to see that. So I don't know yet. I don't know until I go into the fly box and see where my hand goes. Right. But do we need three mice or should we do a couple mice and a I think streamer. Yeah, we can mix it up. Well, we can mix it up because we can always I we can always hand a rod off to somebody if we find out a hot pattern or something like that. And I you know. think, you know, I don't know about you guys, but I got plenty of flies. Do you? A couple. Do you tie flies? I brought three. One or two. You brought Fly, three flies? Yeah. Nice. Three flies? I got one. I got I got one fly. Two woolly buggers and one girdle bug. I was going to say, the girdle nice. bug's going to be the killer That's tonight. It. I would trail with the girdle bug. That's a great yeah. idea. Because the girdle bug's trying to eat the woolly bugger. Yeah. Chasing it. And then oh, the yeah. That's see a good that, move. Like, they think this shit's real. You know? We could we could double streamer. Yeah. You think? Yeah. I think double streamer is the way to go. Definitely. I mean, double I, mice, double, double streamer. mice, double streamers. 14 foot leaders, yep. probably 7X. Yeah. It would probably be the way to go. At least 7X. I don't know if uh, if the, my Tenkara can get out that far, but. Uh, well, you, have, you got the telescoping 12 footer, right? Yeah, it's cool. It can, like, <laughs> you, can, <laughs> you can crush it down about two feet. Yeah. Or like 14. It's really, really versatile. That's good. That's a great. That fish came out of the water. I've probably eaten caddis. Probably, uh, I hope so. Caddis mice. Yeah, we're gonna throw caddis mice. I mean, yeah. similar, similar to that. It's a, it's a mouse instead of a hopper dropper. It's a mouse dropper. Yeah, mouse dropper new with a caddis. So I uh, think we just throw the big shit and see what happens and cross our fingers. I got no, I, no, I might have some musky flies there in the box. We can throw a couple of those on oh, and yeah. see what happens, but. Yeah, it might as like well a 12-inch bucktail. Yeah, you might as well just bang your head against the door for a while if you're yeah. going to try that out. Or what does your boyfriend say? My boyfriend? Yeah, in Montana. About dry fly oh, fishing. yeah. Uh, I forget. Something about dry fly fishing. Uh, you might as well slam your dick in the door. <laughs> <Something> <laughs> if they're going to hit a dry fly, they're going to hit a streamer. 
So just yeah. for a streamer. They're going to eat. Yeah. Right? The uh, Chuck and you might fly just, fishing. Yeah, you might just scare up a, a nice one. Yeah. So I'm going to hop back to the brewery real quick. Yeah. Um, real quick, and then we got to go fishing. But then we got to go fishing. Is there any... Any new products? Anything you guys are yeah, we're at, yes. out here soon? Yeah. So we're kind of the bigger, the big uh, kind of taproom events are kind of wrapping up for the year. But we have an, uh, a really cool beer release we're doing. Um, we made a beer with Drecker Brewing in Fargo. And they're a super rad group of people uh, making really cool beers. They make beers in way different kind of category and style than we do. It's hazy and it's fruity and it's, you know um super hoppy and and so we got to make a beer with them and we're actually releasing it on sunday um at a party in northeast and then it'll go into liquor stores on the 12th so uh the following monday so we're super hyped on that because it's just a cool group of people and a really cool beer He's got those glass packs. That was a uh, <laughs> 90, he's a, he's a local. 96 Chevrolet Suburban with yeah. dual glass packs coming out of it. Yeah, he's a local. So uh, then, but that beer is called Woe Bundy. Oh, Woe Bundy. Nice. So, so then after the Woe Bundy. For us 40-year-olds, we might remember yeah. that reference. But exactly. that's Woe Bundy. It's a, it's a big summertime IPA with grapefruit and apricot and a whole bunch of cool shit. Nice. Then after the Wool Bundy is the Brown Trout and Bridge Beers. Yes. Ham's takeoff. Yeah. Beer. Come on in and let's make it together. <laughs> let's make it. We'll make let's it. try it. That seems like a pretty good idea. It's a Ham's ripoff. Yeah. Sorry, well, Ham's. You, sorry, you Ham's. You They're sponsors too, right? We've well, asked. We've asked for many years. And you haven't reached out to sponsor us. So we got the, you know, the next best thing. I mean, I would say we're your probably number one marketing team in the Midwest. Um, We've we've passed this along a long ways, but it's time to move on. We're gonna we're gonna start working with Abel. Uh, it's gonna happen from there. Let's do it. But uh, yeah, let's uh, let's wrap up. Let's go fishing. Yeah. I think it's a good idea. Um, like to thank everybody for listening. Um, as always, find us on your favorite uh, podcast listening device, whether it's iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Spotify, Spotify now. That's Spotify now. That's a new one. Uh, Castbox, Google Play. I just Google us, Brown Trout and Bridge Beers Fly Fishing Podcast. You'll find us. Subscribe, like. Uh, we've got stickers, can koozies, whatever. Send us a message on Instagram through three BT Media, and uh, go check out Able Able Brewery. You yeah, know, go give in, those guys some Northeast business. Minneapolis. Northeast, come good, on. Good beer, good barbecue. Thank you so much. Pretty Thanks rad, for having me. Rad, fishy dudes. Right. This is awesome. Anytime. Uh, we're gonna go catch some fish. We find now. something now. Yeah, let's yeah, go absolutely. fish. Let's do it. Thank <laughs> you.